Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. It's March 7th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Last week, we reported that the only thing agreed upon by the Ukrainian and Russian negotiators during their second round of talks was setting up humanitarian corridors. However, that broke down over the weekend as civilians in Mariupol were twice prevented from evacuating the city. The situation in Mariupol has become dire, with electricity cut off amidst freezing temperatures and potential food and water shortages beginning soon. Both sides accuse each other of breaking the ceasefire meant to allow civilians to evacuate and humanitarian assistance into the city. The breakdown in the ceasefires comes as there are reports from across Ukraine of the Russian military targeting civilians and civilian infrastructure. In an interview with Jake Tapper on Sunday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said, we've seen very credible reports of deliberate attacks on civilians, which would constitute a war crime, and that the United States was documenting potential war crimes. The Office of the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights reported that at least 364 civilians have been killed and 759 injured, but admit that the numbers are likely considerably higher. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said in a video statement, that the airport outside of Kiev was destroyed, and the WHO reports eight attacks against healthcare infrastructure, which resulted in six deaths. Over the weekend, there was a flurry of diplomatic activity happening as well. French President Emmanuel Macron spoke to Russian President Vladimir Putin about nuclear security following Russia's capture of Chernobyl and the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Russian state run media reports that Putin showed openness on the call having trilateral talks between Russia, the International Atomic Energy Agency, and Ukraine. In a statement yesterday, the Director General of the IAEA expressed grave concern about the Russian takeover of these nuclear sites and discussed a number of issues, including Russian commanders requiring prior approval for employees to perform their functions at Zaporizhia, as well as communication issues. In a conversation with Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan on Sunday, Putin continued to peddle the unsubstantiated claim that Ukrainians are using foreign students as human shields and said that the war would only end if Kiev capitulates to Russia's demands. Russian President Vladimir Putin spoke by phone with Israel's Prime Minister Naftali Bennett less than 24 hours after their meeting in Moscow. Bennett initially flew to Moscow Saturday night for a meeting with Putin at the Kremlin to discuss developments in Ukraine, as well as in Vienna, where a revived Iran nuclear deal is shaping up. The Biden administration was said to be aware and supportive of the two meetings. Following the initial meeting, Bennett spoke with Emmanuel Macron, Vladimir Zelensky, and German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. Bennett is expected to meet with Secretary of State Antony Blinken today in Latvia. In Kyrgyzstan, the first major Ukrainian city to fall, 
protesters took to the streets in one of the most visible examples yet of resistance to Russian occupation, in a direct challenge to the Russian forces that Kremlin officials claim were sent to liberate Ukrainian cities. The protests underscore the challenges facing Russian forces as they move to capture and hold Ukrainian territory. Meanwhile, multiple reports over the weekend indicated that more than 4,300 protesters were arrested in cities across Russia, including Moscow. The protests took place despite President Putin's major crackdown on free speech. Freelance journalist Yana Pesheva said that it was mainly a silent protest, and while thousands have protested, many more who are angry about the war are afraid to demonstrate. The United States is actively looking for ways to help Ukraine secure fighter jets. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said, We are looking actively now at the question of airplanes that Poland may provide to Ukraine and looking at how we might be able to backfill should Poland choose to supply those planes. No timeline was given, but we'll be actively following this story as it develops. Additionally, Secretary Blinken said that the United States was working with European allies to explore a ban on Russian oil imports while ensuring that there is an appropriate supply in world markets. While the U.S. consumes very little Russian oil, a ban could send prices skyrocketing around the globe. The crackdown on independent media in Russia has continued with a new law which could result in jail time for anyone who spreads fake news about the war in Ukraine. As a result, the BBC and Radio for Europe, Radio Liberty, suspended operations in Russia. This comes on the heels of Russia shutting down Facebook and restricting Twitter in the country. The anonymous hacking group claimed credit for disrupting broadcasts of state-run television by replacing the Kremlin's content with footage of the war. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky appealed directly to U.S. lawmakers Saturday to ask for additional help in fending off Russia's invasion including by helping him secure more Soviet-era fighter jets to counter Russian air raids. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said in a statement that he would help the Biden administration with granting what he called Zelensky's desperate plea for Eastern European countries to provide Russian-made planes. Meanwhile, President Putin ratcheted up his rhetoric on Saturday, stating that Western sanctions were the equivalent of a declaration of war and warned he would consider countries imposing a no-fly zone over Ukraine as participants in a military conflict. Oddly, Putin made these statements during a meeting with Russian flight crew members at an Aeroflot training center. So far, NATO has said that a no-fly zone is not one of the options being considered, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken stated that imposing a no-fly zone could lead to a full-fledged war in Europe. In a report from the New York Times over the weekend, while President Zelensky continues to lobby for a no-fly zone, the United States, in cooperation with NATO, have pushed more than 17,000 anti-tank weapons, including Javelin missiles, over the borders of Poland and Romania. In another story we'll be watching today, talks are expected to resume between Ukraine and Russia, though no location was given for the talks. Ukraine was said to be open to non-NATO solutions as well. Negotiator David Arakamiya said, We are ready to discuss some non-NATO models. For example, there could be direct guarantees by different countries like the United States, China, the UK, and maybe Germany and France. We are open to discussing such things in a broader circle, not only in bilateral discussions with Russia, 
but also with other partners. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at the dsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to the DSR Network and become a member to make sure that you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these topics, tune into Next in Foreign Policy tomorrow, where we'll be talking with Amy McKinnon, a national security and intelligence reporter focused on Eastern Europe and Russia. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.